in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. The unsettling sound of hail coming down overnight in central Texas. This video is showing it just splashing down into a Round Rock pool. And these are photos from Cat Hollow, a neighborhood in Round Rock. You can see right here the storms and the hail, the size of hail that this person is holding right there in the palm of their hand. And with this hail, we also saw some stunning lightning lighting up the skies. This is uh, the scene that we saw in Leander overnight. Round Rock, you got hit hard too. There are lots of photos that we got in of people who are holding hail in their hands to give you, give you an idea of just how big some of those pieces are. So a lot to get to as we have this storm move in overnight. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Ethnon. This meteorologist Kristen Curry is back this morning and back with an explanation of everything that happened yeah. last night. I cannot be held responsible. No, <laughs> no unfortunately, it was it was quite a bit of a, of a damaging night for many of us. What's crazy, it was just one storm, and mm. unfortunately, power outages left behind even this morning. Let me show you the latest on the power outage map. This is from Austin Energy. Right now, 125 active outages. This is affecting almost 9,000 people and about 450 people without power up in Williamson County through Encore. So let's get you to the maps here. I mean, man, was it crazy when it comes to those storms. And for those listening in on the podcast, if you have not yet seen the photos and videos of the hail that we saw in the Austin Metro last night, I encourage you to go to our website, kxan.com, because some of these are the biggest I've seen in my career. I mean, baseball-sized hail fell in the city last night. Wild. You'll notice the storms that we have at this moment are actually just outside of the KXAN viewing area, a little further west of the hill country, but because they're so close, we're seeing lightning bolts popping up in Gillespie County. So that'll be something you want to watch on your way out the door this morning. The temperatures will probably be noticeable by that. I'm talking about it's cooler out there. We've got low to mid 70s west of I-35, 70s over the Austin Metro, 80s a little further east. As far as the difference goes, that's close to about 10 degrees cooler than what we had yesterday morning out in the hill country. Austin pretty similar this morning, but a big difference when we get into the afternoon hours before those storms rolled in. We were talking temperatures in the low 100s. We broke records at both Austin Bergstrom and Camp Mabry with a high of 103 yesterday. 95 degrees today, still above average, but it's feeling a whole lot better than where we were. You can see those temperatures are expected to get down to the 70s tonight. Coming up. We've got more storms possible today. Yes, there is another risk of those storms being severe, carrying large hail and damaging winds. We're going to talk more about it before the quieter weather moves in later this week. Stick around for those details in your first warning forecast. Okay, Kristen, we'll get back to you soon. A little bit of news to update you this morning. You could be paying more taxes next year if you live in Travis County. The county's health district is asking the commissioner's court today to bump up its budget by nearly 20% and you, the taxpayer, would pay the bill. And this tax rate increase could cost the average homeowner $56 a year or even more. It's coming from the health district's voter, the health district that voters approved in 2004, providing health care for people who can't afford it. Travis County commissioners pushing back on the more than $744 million budget proposed to them. Commissioners want more bang for their buck. That includes having central health foot the bill for health care to people in jail.
So I can't predict uh, what the board will do. I do know that they will take very seriously the input and questions from commissioner's court and then consider whether whether and, and how to make changes. And that budget includes the following nearly 300 million for direct health care services nearly 30 million for administrative and more than 379 million for what is essentially central health savings account. If Travis County commissioners don't approve that new tax rate, what's known as the no new revenue rate will go into place and central health says that would put them in a big financial hole. Here's a closer look at the services central health provides it includes coverage for people who live at 200% or below the poverty level. That equates to less than $30,000 a year for a single person and an annual income of $60,000 for a family of four. If you qualify, Central Health says you should reach out because it can help connect you with services. The mayor of El Paso is saying his city has reached a breaking point as a surge of migrants cross the southern border yet again. The city's shelter houses just 400 people, so the city has set up an overflow shelter at a recreation center because a lot more than 400 are crossing the border. The mayor says more than 2,000 migrants per day. They're all seeking asylum in El Paso. The city has worked with Border Patrol in the last 10 days to provide shelter to 6,500 people. The mayor chartered five buses over the weekend to take migrants to New York, Chicago, and Denver. Further south, border crossings continue to rise in the city of Eagle Pass. The influx of migrants overwhelming Border Patrol agents and officials in some of the nearby towns. More than 8,000 migrants that you see right here in this video, some of them turning up in the city just last week. After several consecutive days of negotiations, what is next for writers and studios in Hollywood? And a look ahead at what could happen this week for lawmakers and the future of state public education. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to KXAN News Today. You're taking a live look right now at Q2 Stadium at our camera over on the Indeed building. Q2 Stadium was Quite the sight last night when Austin FC was playing and they had to take a break because of all the rain that they got in that area. We're going to talk to Kristen for the latest on what you could expect today and some of the hail damage we saw from overnight. Riders and studios have reached a deal after weeks of strikes. After several consecutive days of negotiations, the Riders Guild of America announcing this deal came in a joint statement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. It comes after 146 days of striking. While picketing has been suspended, the three-year contract agreement still needs to be voted on, still needs to be approved by all members. Well, this would mark a major step in resuming productions across the country. Dominic Patton of Deadline warns there's still a number of roadblocks before your favorite TV shows are back on. Don't expect to see things moving back into production that quickly. There's still the actors union who are out on strike, the 160,000 strong SAG-AFRA union. They still need to make a deal. So even if the writers do make a deal, even if that deal gets ratified by their membership, will they or will not, they, they pick up their pens and keyboards likely. But you're not going to see anyone in front of a camera until the actors union make their deal. Then you're going to have to see a ramp up. And that could go anywhere from about three weeks to about six weeks to get scripts in place, to get productions up and running. In a longer message from the Guild shared by members on social media, the writers were told the strike is not over and no one was to return to work until hearing otherwise. The terms of the deal have not been announced.
Joe's Bakery making national headlines, and we're looking at why the family-run shop here in Austin is getting major attention. Teachers at one Central Texas school district demanding answers after they did not get paid when they should have. We'll talk about that coming up next. Good morning, live look outside Q2 Stadium again, where uh, last night we saw the game delayed. Uh, a lot of fans soaking in that rain as it came pouring down along with some hail, though. We're going to have more on that in just a bit. But first, there's a small family-run shop in East Austin getting some nationwide attention. Joe's Bakery just one of six restaurants in the country this year to win a James Beard America's Classic Restaurants Award, one of the highest honors for a restaurant. But for the family behind the business, KXN's Jayla Washington learns the real reward comes from customers who've stuck by them for more than six decades. Right this way. Nearly every day, this parking lot is packed. Customers going in and out of Joe's Bakery. Some even waiting close to an hour to get a spot. Show them your good side. The best customer. <laughs> but the regulars will tell you it's worth it. Greeted by many of the same smiling faces for nearly 60 years. When you walk in, you can just tell like it's very family oriented, and like you see that you see the same people every time you come in. From the pastries, beans and rice to the authentic Mexican tacos, as you could guess, it did take more than all of that to earn the prestigious James Beard Award. The bakery now forever recognized as an American classic. You are so busy and you've got people waiting outside. What What is that like? So I sat down with Regina, R-E-G-I-N-A, Estrada, E-S-T-R-A-D-A. And your title. <laughs> I hate this one. You know, out of all the questions, I hate that one the most. She's one of the bakery's owners. I think a lot of people sometimes, just because they see my face, my name, my title, they tend to forget about, you know, the team, the family. Yes, family is where this story really begins. My grandfather, this was a, a young boy's dream that had a third, fourth grade education. And my grandmother had, I think, about a fifth, sixth grade education. You could call Estrada's grandfather and grandmother Joe and Paula Avila the baker and the businesswoman. That was the dynamic between the two with strong Mexican-American roots, both born in East Austin. They started selling baked goods throughout the neighborhood back in the 30s, eventually opening up this storefront in the 60s. They grew up in a time it was looked down upon to speak Spanish in school. It was looked down upon to be dark-skinned. And so the fact that they were able to, to climb these barriers and to climb these walls and to continue to keep their pride and keep their sense of self even when being told no. And that is at the heart of who Joe's Bakery is, something that has kept the family going all these years. Our personal history our personal conversations, our personal, just kind of our journey. So, yeah, I know, I get emotional. The walls inside now filled with wedding photos over generations, photos with activists like Cesar Chavez at the restaurant, and other core memories, a representation of Austin over the years. An intimate place, those who work here just want its customers to feel like family. We're not fine dining, but it's just, we love what we do. I got done for the day, gentlemen. 
in Austin. All right, y'all have a great day. Jayla Washington. Look how strong it remains more than 60 years later. James Beard American Classics Award is given to locally owned restaurants known for quality food and reflecting the character of the community. We continue our storm coverage. Want to show you this. Not everyone saw hail, but a lot of us saw lightning, even damaging wind within some of those thunderstorms. This video is from North Austin up at the domain. So quite the light show for many of us. As far as the big story goes, the hail, y'all. Oh, the know. hail was wild, and it was just one thunderstorm that just had an insane hail core, and it just continued its strength all the way down I-35 through Williamson yeah. County, through Travis, and just watching this thing, you're like, Oh, windshield, windshield, windshield. You can just see it, you know? We're yes. dealing with that this morning. I think a lot of people yes. waking up are going to be calling their insurance companies mm -hmm. or going to, the, you know, some kind of repair I, shop. I, I, you know, woke me up and my, and my wife said to me, like, do, do you think we're going to have damage on the roof? And I was like, maybe? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, because it was pounding. Absolutely. I think yeah. with this kind of hail, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had that hailstorm we had uh, in my neighborhood earlier this year, quarter size hail, and I've had three neighbors replace a roof. So it could wow. certainly, certainly be uh, something you have to look into today. Let me show you what's going on because we're not done yet. So, so maybe for sure document that damage. Make sure you're taking pictures, video, do what you need to do. But as far as repairs go, I mean, we still got another storm risk later on today. Let's jump into it. Clouds and radar showing more storms still firing out west. This is west of our hill country, but close enough to where we're keeping it on it because some of those bolts could certainly stretch into Mason Gillespie County here. A little bit of light rain falling out towards Fredericksburg, but the heaviest storm activity just west of our area. As far as the live look outside goes, Round Rock, one of the areas hit hardest last night with that up to baseball size hail. I mean, I've seen anywhere from about two to three inch hailstones with the photos and videos y'all sent in. Thank you so much much for doing that. That really helps us uh, tell the story and, and really gives us an idea of just how powerful this storm was. This is the view from our Whittlesey Landscape Supplies weather camera there up looking at I-35. Temperature wise, we're currently sitting in the upper 70s. Feels like 81. Humidity, certainly high and it's going to stay high today. So those 90s going to feel a little toasty and muggy, but the rain chances aren't done. In fact, we'll probably see at least a couple isolated storms try and get at us before noontime, but anticipating a better chance coming in late this afternoon and they actually really like what this high resolution model is showing as far as the timing goes. If I put this into motion you'll notice not a whole lot between now and lunchtime, but two, three o'clock, we've got a line of storms kind of lining a boundary here. Our winds are going to go from the south to the north, northeast, and these storms will get triggered for the later part of the afternoon, early evening before they clear. So it's not going to be as late tonight as what we had last night, but we're still going to have to watch for the risk of large hail and damaging winds. The threat has shifted south from about Austin southward here with that one out of five risk, and then areas as far as flooding go very similar south of Austin but this could be not necessarily a total repeat of what we had last night but we're still going to have to keep an eye on some of those isolated storms triggering uh, some of those more well-developed thunderstorm. Like I said there was just that one storm that created all that mess out in Georgetown and Round Rock yesterday. Rainfall potential anywhere from about a quarter of an inch to an inch plus. That's in addition to what we had last night. Rain chances uh, coming down after today. Just a couple little spotty showers left over Tuesday into this weekend. As far as what your seven day forecast looks like, we're going to be pushing a little bit 90. So 
technically a little cooler than what we've had recently, but still hotter than where we should be. There's that 30% chance of storms today, and then things really start to quiet down after today with sunshine late week. Thank you, Kristen. Political battles are brewing in Austin over the future of Texas education as Republicans spar over the uh, acquittal of Attorney General Ken Paxton. Brian Chandler has your look at the top political headlines of the week from the state capitol. The end of Ken Paxton's trial was just the beginning of a heated week in Austin politics. For starters, Governor Abbott confirmed this week that lawmakers will return to Austin for the third special session next month. This one to tackle the governor's top educational priority, a school voucher program that will subsidize private education with state money. It's already sure to bring some intense policy fights. I'm in this to win this. This is going to destroy public education in the state of Texas. And Attorney General Ken Paxton has returned to the office after he was acquitted in his impeachment trial. In a media tour with conservative outlets, he promised retribution and primary challenges for Republicans that impeached him. He even implicated Republican strategist and former George W. Bush advisor Karl Rove of being in on the efforts. At this week's Texas Tribune Festival, Karl Rove had some choice words in response. The guy can't keep his zipper up. This started like a lot of political scandals do with sex. And meanwhile, yet more whistleblowers are speaking up. At the Texas Health and Human Services Commission, employees say the state has mistakenly kicked hundreds of thousands of people off of Medicaid and forced others to wait months for food assistance. They're calling on the governor to intervene while congressional leaders call for an audit of the state agency. There's no reason why thousands of additional pregnant women, children, individuals with disabilities should be denied access to a family physician until we're sure these problems are corrected. That's what's going on in Austin this week. I'm Ryan Chandler. A national NBC News poll gives some insight into the two presidential frontrunners, President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. So this is the poll that shows Trump has nearly 60% support over his Republican challengers. Three quarters of voters say they are concerned about President Joe Biden's age and mental fitness, while nearly two thirds have concerns about the multiple trials former President Trump faces. Coming up next on the Today Show, we have a new 2024 election numbers from NBC News that are out and the results show former President Trump still holds a solid lead in the GOP primary despite his criminal charges. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Longhorns stay at number three in the AP poll after their Big 12 opening win over Baylor. And now it's back home, Texas and Kansas. Saturday afternoon, Jayhawks ranked 24th, and they are also 4-0. Cowboys hitting the road for the desert without Tyler Biotish and Zach Martin on the offensive line. No Trayvon Diggs in the secondary, and it was a struggle. Down 15-3, Rico Dowdle gets into the end zone from Dak Prescott, and that cuts it to a five-point game, but then 21-13, and Prescott again out of jail but can't find a receiver on fourth down. They opt to go for the touchdown in the third quarter, and then a five-point game, and Marquise Hollywood Brown from Josh Dobbs, and that touchdown makes it a two-score game. Gotta have points. Instead, Dak throws his first pick of the season. Cowboys fall to two and one as they lose it to the Cardinals. All right, let's go to the Texans in Jacksonville. D'Amico Ryan's looking for his first win as a head coach. C.J. Stroud has been very good in early in his rookie year. The touchdown pass to Brevin Jordan, then maybe the oddest play of the season. Andrew Beck, the former Longhorn, 
Defensive lineman, linebacker, fullback, picks up the kickoff. He is certainly not intended to run a kickback, more of a blocker and a safety valve. And look at this. Bex has put me back there, coach. Takes it to the house. The Texans get an impressive road win for their first win of the Ryan's Stroud era. And the Round Rock Express season will go past game 150. Yesterday, out in Tacoma, final game of the regular season, they needed a win and some help from Las Vegas against Reno. They got the help from Las Vegas, and then they took care of the win. So the Express win the second-half playoff spot in the Pacific Coast League. That means they are on their way to Oklahoma City. It's a best-of-three series beginning tomorrow. Here's the final out of the regular season, and they will take on Oklahoma City. The winner of that best-of-three series will play a one-game championship in Las Vegas against the International League champ. Back to you. Thank you, Roger. Usher has got a new confession. He is headlining the 2024 Super Bowl halftime show in Las Vegas. Usher calling it, quote, the honor of a lifetime and a moment to cross off his bucket list. Kim Kardashian broke the news using the opening of his Confessions Part 2 music video. Super Bowl halftime, one of the top viewed television events of the year. According to Billboard, Rihanna drew the most watched halftime in February with more than 121 million viewers narrowly beating Katy Perry's 2015 performance. Super Bowl 58 will be broadcast Sunday, February 11th. For those of you listening on Cakes and today's podcast, thanks for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking for you in the 5 a.m. hour. We're continuing our coverage of severe weather from overnight. Our reporter Dylan McKim is live out in Round Rock with a look at the damage after large hail. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.